Welcome to the Light Camera Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant, which where we talk about in the latest about movies, TV shows, and video games. And before I start, as everybody who's listening in and watching, now that is how you start an episode. And I must say, what a week it has been. Like, just Ant-Man, Guns, Gal- Guns Galaxy, Superman, uh, the, the Witcher, James Gunn. Where, where do you start? Where do you start? Like, oh, my God. I could have not predicted how this past week would have gone. So... Look, we've got a lot to dive into, and we are going to cover every single aspect of it, as we always do. And then the two reviews that we have for today are Ted Lasso. I finally got to the end of that. And we've got the last episode of Star Wars Endor. So without further delay, this past week, so currently right now, we are streaming on Facebook, we're streaming on YouTube, and we're streaming on Twitch. There are three, three, and obviously everyone who's just listening in as well. And if anyone hasn't seen my Instagram, I made a very new acquisition for this podcast journey. I went and purchased a brand new MacBook Pro 2022 version to uh, obviously help with the podcast growth. And it's uh, it's been so fantastic so far trying to set everything up. But I must say, it's been a wild journey since day one. And I'm getting a $50 mic from Kogan. And just using my phone to record and just using anchor that's how it all started in june 2021 that's the only two things we started on and that's how i was editing and from now to from then to now the macbook pro the hypercast mic the obs bot 4k camera uh look it's I just honestly, I just can't couldn't predict what was going to happen in the next uh, twelve months or fourteen months. It's been, it's one heck of a journey, and I can't wait to show you guys for the rest of twenty twenty two and bring on twenty twenty three and come along for the journey. And it's going to be a wild time. So I'm so excited, and I hope you are as well. Also, if you haven't already, we did a couple of days ago drop our Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed review. So go please check that out. That's obviously on where you get your local podcasts and on YouTube. And I would also, speaking of YouTube, I would like to say thank you very much. We just hit, we just hit 50 subs. Even though that's just a small number, I'm still very humbled by it and I can't wait to hit three digits. It might take a little bit longer to hit four digits, which I will take that on board myself. (laughs) Um, So without further ado, let's get into the news. But happy Halloween. If I'm a day early or a day late forever, hope you're enjoying the holidays. Hope you wore something scary. Hope you had a good party. It's now that Halloween is at the end. Now cue in Christmas music. Cue in Mariah Carey. They're all going to come in, Christmas trees, hot crust buns, 
Oh, how have we reached this end of the year already? Like, shit. Like, how have we reached this point? Like, I know I'm just trying to make a plan and also trying to plan for the Christmas episode as well. I'm like, oh my God, how, like, where is the year gone? It's just nice that this has been a full first year without being in lockdown. Uh, but for anyone who did see on our Instagram, we also did a poll for the Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, now, this is, if you haven't seen it, the poll was, is The Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie or Halloween? Now, when I first did it, it was a Halloween movie. That was the biggest vote that we were getting. You know, everyone was saying yes to it. You're saying Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. I checked just before and now flip it around. Christmas is currently the biggest vote on that. So everyone is saying 51% say, that's how close it is, 51% saying that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween episode. So, sorry, as a Christmas movie. So do you guys agree? Do you think that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie or do you think it's a Halloween movie? So currently right now, Christmas is winning, but it's very interesting to see. <laughs> so the news where like where where do we start honestly like let's start with one of the very biggest news that happened is that superman is a hundred percent back henry cavill has announced on his instagram after black adam he has returned as the man of steel which Everyone applauds. Everyone's happy about it. And there's one, not one negative about the whole thing. So it's time to get excited, guys. Superman is back. And unfortunately, him coming back, which a lot of people I know are going to be upset, is the fact that it has come at a cost. So as this morning of me recording this, as this morning of me recording this, uh, he will be exiting The Witcher Season 4. Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's brother, God of Thor, his brother will be taking over the titular role as uh, The Witcher. Unfortunately, yes, Henry Cavill will have to, have to leave the Netflix show. And I did see the best post that was like, we won. And then the next caption was like, at what cost? And it was a picture of Superman and, and The Witcher. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, that's... It's right. Like that's that's what's going to cost to get him back. Um, but look, you got at least three seasons. The third season's on the horizon, so that's coming out in twenty twenty three with The Witcher. But yes, Henry Cavill is back at Superman, but he must leave the Netflix TV show, which I think we all knew. I think we all knew that was going to have to come at a cost. But you know, looking, I've seen people spoil or well, spoil online the Black Adam ending online, and I've watched it a couple times. And I'm looking, going, yeah, that yeah, it was pretty good. That was seeing him back in the suit, seeing Superman back, is just fantastic, fantastic feeling. And I'm so glad he is. So props to the Rock and his team. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me for getting him back. And look, DC at the very start of the year was very bleak, but now hope is arising because not only is Superman back, but, <coughs> sorry, he's back, but James Gunn and Peter, oh, Peter, 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 Peter Saffron, 
not too particularly sure who that is, but James Gunn and him are now the new leaders of DC Films and Television. Yes! Yes! This is to get excited. James Gunn is now the Kevin Feige for DC Films and TV. That's so good. There is no one better who could pick that role. So, full props to him. And apparently in the interview, he said, you know who the first person he called when he got accepted? Well, when he got the job, he called Kevin Feige and said, hello, like, I've got the job. And Kevin Feige was over the moon for him. And then someone even asked Kevin Feige at the interview at the premiere for Black Panther, said, what do you think about uh, James Gunn becoming a new head of DC? And he said, look, James Gunn has a bit of work between now and May. Obviously, because of Guardians of the Galaxy Special and the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But he said, anything that he makes after that, he'll be the first one in the cinema to see it. So, like, like how humbling is that? You know, there's no rivalry between the two. Obviously, there's a little bit, but not on the grand scale. The rivalry comes from the fans. And seeing that, seeing the fact that, you know, he is just, Kevin Feige is just excited as we are that James Gunn's control is the best thing ever. This is the right direction for DC. This is what they've been needing for so long. Who, you know, the creative before that were just shit. As, but I'm not going to get into it because there is a plethora of episodes I've created of me shitting on DC and what they've been doing. But this, this is hope. This is the vision of hope. The fact that he is back and this is what he's doing. You know. This is what he's going to do. James Gunn is completely going to drive the direction for DC for the future. And it's it's fantastic. Uh, you know, he's got a bit of, obviously, he's got a bit of work. He's got uh, Peacemaker Season 2. He's got a secret project. He's got Guardians of the Galaxy. So the man coming right now is DC's MVP. And don't, oh, what I love is that when I saw, well, the first thing I saw when I saw the post, I thought, huh. You're going to have the, <coughs> sorry, you're going to have your new creative head of DC Studios at the world premiere of the the competition, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, promoting the movie and talking about it. Like, the head of DC creative is going to be on the other side of the fence. It's going to be all there. Like, that is the best thing ever. And the thing is, I feel bad for him because so many people are going to ask him about DC questions when he's at the premiere, and I hope they don't, or, you know, all the world tour. But the fact that he's got to be there is the best thing. So that that's made me happy. I'm humbled by that, and I'm so glad he's in power. So we're going to be looking at you, James Gunn, for the future of DC. And the first thing is having uh, Henry Cavill back is a win. So moving on, what's also happened this past week is uh, we got the trailer for Ant-Man 3. Finally, we got the trailer for Ant-Man 3. And, oh, wow, this looks gorgeous. Going in depth, it's going to look fantastic. I got really big uh, Guards of Galaxy vibes. And Doctor Strange vibes uh, from the trailer going into the quantum realm. But 
I am so excited for this. This is the first Marvel movie to kick off the bat for next year in Feb next year. Just need a to top up uh, for Feb next year. Like that's so close around the corner. Black Panther is right around the corner in two weeks. And the reviews for that have been fantastic, which we predicted. But Ant-Man trailer, obviously, we see the family. We see what Ant-Man's been up to. People confuse it for Spider-Man. I love that. And then we get to see Cassie Lang, who's been recast compared to what she was in Ant-Man 1, 2, and Endgame, um, which I don't – I understand why the casting was there, but I don't think it was necessary. But uh, – and then we see the fact that she creates a signal, like a beacon to the quantum realm, which <laughs> – Sucks, sucks them in, and now like, they're stuck in the quantum realm. But uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. She seems quite nervous about. It. She says to turn off, but no, like, but then this will cause the whole thing. And then we get to see this giant new world, uh, the quantum realm, all these different aliens and characters. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah, I knew he was in. There. He's going to be in there, and then we see Kang. We're seeing Jonathan Majors in the Kang comic book out outfit, scars down his eyes to obviously look like his comic. Holy shit. We see his kingdom. We see his army. We see he's mentions the fact that he needs to get something and he needs Ant-Man's help. Now, this is the difference. Now, this trailer is slightly different to the one that was at Comic-Con. Right at the end of the trailer, Ant-Man does say, in the Comic-Con version, Ant-Man does say, oh, I'm an Avenger. And Kang says, oh, haven't you, I mean, I killed you before. That's not in there. This is just, it's almost like the conversation just before those lines. And Kang looks fantastic. The CGI looks good. This is going to be so freaking good. I am over the moon. I'm like, I liked Ant-Man 1. I liked Ant-Man 2, but this, this is how you wrap up a trilogy. Not only is Ant-Man going to, I doubt Ant-Man's going to die, because I'm sure he's going to be in uh, Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty, especially Kang Dynasty, but this is how you wrap up a trilogy for a character, introducing the new bad. Now, you guys can remember, this is a different Kang than what we saw in the Loki TV show. TV show, and this most likely will not be the last Kang variant that we see. And I will have to shout out to uh, Tommy from Two Sides of the Story. He believes that Wong is a Kang variant, uh, Wongers, or Wang the Conqueror, which I think is fantastic. And again, on the shirt. Now, the reason why he's got this behind this theory is the fact you're seeing Wong everywhere. You know, he's jumping to everything, so is he in a variant? I don't think Wong is a Kang variant. However, I do feel like something big will happen for Wongers in the future. That's guaranteed. But no, this trailer, this has got me more hyped. I And, you know, knowing that Kang's going to be the new bad guy, where is this going to lead to? Who's going to survive? Obviously, with Ant-Man, the Wasp, um, and Cassie all have new suits, which looks fantastic. But what biggest thing is, what does Michelle's Pfeiffer character, does she know who Kang is? Do they have a relationship? 
have they been tangled before? So like, what's, you know, where's the connection and all that? That's the interesting part. So if you haven't already, go check out the trailer. Looks good. And I'm absolutely pumped. Another trailer that we got was we got the first trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy special, holiday special as well. That's streaming on November the 25th. Now, this, the Guardians of the Galaxy, went from filming Thor to this, to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So this will be a prequel to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And we see the fact that Guardians want to help uh, Star-Lord because he's very sad because of Gamora. So obviously they try and bring earth christmas to him and what do we do we get uh drax and mantis go to go get the ultimate hero kevin bacon which kevin bacon's actually in it as himself so that's going to be interesting um and they try and do that and obviously we see groot's grown as well getting more close to what he looked like in the first games movie so this looks like a real fun time to watch uh, just a nice holiday special. And there even might be something, the fact that you guys, it becomes a new tradition to watch. You know, you know, you always have that movies that you watch at Christmas time. This might be one of them. And I think it's a fantastic idea that they've done it like this um, because, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy team. And I'm going to, I keep saying this, but Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be so gut-wrenching. It's going to be such punch in the gut i feel like it because this is the last time we're going to see the team you know together you know some of the characters we might see in other movies but or we might get galaxy 4 with a different team but it won't be the same this is this this is the last time with the original team this is the last time with james gunn you know it's i feel it makes me feel old that we've already reached the end of their trilogy you know i remember when we first got the first trailer guns of galaxy i'm thinking who are all these Muppets, you know? And then after watching the movie, I'm like, I want to see more of these Muppets. And then we did. And it's just it's like, come on, guys, you got to tell me. You can go, no, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be an absolute tearjerker. But yes, the trailer for that did drop as well. So go check that out. Um, now, also, we did get a rumor. Another thing as well is that apparently the HBO Max DC um guns guns green lantern tv show which is green uh green lantern core or corpse that uh has been in development i feel like forever you know for so long now this i do like news is apparently it's been completely reworked so now it will be focused on sort of how jordan it will be focused on john stewart the uh john stewart the african-american uh, I, was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to do a very respectively uh, version of the Green Lantern, which I I feel like that's the better character to go with um, because, uh, for me, I haven't read a lot of Green Lantern comics, but I grew up with Just, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, uh, where it was Jon Stewart as the Green Lantern, and I thought that I really liked his character, just the type of person he was. So I feel like that's a great uh, direction to go in. Obviously, we also were going to get John Stewart in the DC Justice League movie, just Zack Snyder's, but we didn't because DC were like, oh, no, no, we, we don't use the Green Lantern because it might confuse the audience for the HBO Max show we're making. That's been development hell, essentially. So that's the best voice I could do. And yeah, so for anyone who's looking for that show, completely reworked, we're going to be getting 
John Stewart instead. Uh, but let's keep let's keep uh, jumping down. Oh, Doctor Who fans, and even Doctor Who fans, which I was very surprised about this myself. Yes, David Tennant has returned. Spoilers, I'm sure everyone knows, but David Tennant has returned. Apparently, he's returned for three episodes uh, before we go to the new Doctor, which I can't pronounce his name at all. Um, but the interesting thing is that Doctor Who will now be streaming on Disney Plus in 2023 for the new seasons. Now, I'm not too sure if they're going to do the back catalogue, but the new seasons will now be on Disney Plus, which I think is very interesting to see that is on because of the BBC. But for them, for BBC and Doctor Who, it's a win-win. It's an utter win-win. You know, Disney Plus is becoming the premier platform to have your show on because so many people use it and there's so much a plethora of shows to watch. So Doctor Who being on Disney Plus is a great idea. I would absolutely love, dream for Disney to eventually buy uh, DC films and have all the DC catalog on there. That would be great. Uh, But, yeah, Doctor Who fans, Disney Plus is the place to be next year on 2023. Um, Also, I would like to say a big F you to James Cameron. Screw James Cameron. They're, honestly, screw the man. And this is probably one thing why I don't... I don't like James Cameron, and it's probably putting a big bad light to uh, an Avatar 2. So he went into an interview, and he said that apparently... Uh, you know, he said Marvel and DC films... Uh, apparently characters lack character depth. Mate, you would not know character depth if it hit you in the in the ass or bit you in the ass. You haven't even watched a Marvel DC film. You have no understanding. You are in this little cube that's just about Avatar. What's the last thing that you made since Avatar? Like do you like anything else? But, like, the fact that you've got on the record and you've pointed out, like, my God, you are a has-been and just get out of your own ass. And this is why I really, I don't think Avatar 2 will make as much money. He's betting everything on this. He's so up his flipping ass. I'm like, you want to watch Character Death? Go watch Logan. Go watch The Dark Knight. Go watch The Joker. If you want to see character depth, you know, go watch Avengers Endgame, you know, go, that's character depth. Oh, whole bunch, character depth. You took Avatar, it's just a plot of Pocahontas that you just reworked, you know. So, honestly, James Cameron, you probably will never listen to this, but F you, sir, because you have no idea what you're talking about and you're a has-been and you... Your high days are completely done. Um, hey, Devin. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, just on Twitter right now. Hey, Devin. Let's say hi. Uh, and let's keep going. So that's, yeah, screw James Cameron. Honestly, that wish I will have that on a shirt saying screw James Cameron. Uh, also, let's keep moving on uh, uh, with, obviously, apparently Nick Cage. Uh, apparently, he's in talks for a face-off two and a National Treasure three. 
Now, National Treasure has its Disney Plus show. He's not appearing in it. And I don't know how... Uh, well, that's exactly right. Yes, sorry, exactly right, uh, Devin. Um, James Karen should watch uh, She-Hulk. That might teach him something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... The fact that Nish Cage apparently retorted a face-off two, I don't know how that would work with a face-off two, two-face, two-furious, or two-face, two-off. I know that was horrible, and I'm really sorry. But yeah, I don't know how that would work, but for any face-off fans and National Treasure fans, you might be getting a sequel in the new uh, future. Speaking of sequels, we're also apparently we'll be getting a Foodtopia TV show, which is a sequel to The Sausage Party with Seth Rogen and that wonderful, horrific, horrific uh, movie, which if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. It is, whoa, it's, uh, it's um, a lot to take in. Obviously, with Seth Rogen and all his friends, you know exactly what it's going to be. But yes, a TV show is coming and all the cast is returning. So strap yourselves in for that uh also moving on with the news apparently um a vision tv show is currently in the works called a vision quest and this will apparently sequel oh sorry yeah sequel uh uh, devon from earth and for sequel faced off yes (laughs) that's that's what it could be as well i i don't know how they're gonna make a sequel i just how do you accidentally swap someone's face again for the second time um yes yeah, sorry uh vision quest apparently we're going to get a vision tv show which will follow white vision trying to get back all these memories and wanda is meant to probably return now i'm very curious to see how this will all play out this is at the very early early stages so we don't know a whole lot because it is rumored that uh white vision is going to be an armor wars um at this stage, and I, I know Paul Bentley has always said that he will always return for the character. So I'm very curious to see where he's going to pop up next. And I'm very curious to know if, if this TV show goes ahead, where will Wanda return? We know Wanda's going to return in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. She has to because she's an MVP and her powers are like, you know, out of this world, obviously. And we know she didn't die. Anyone who thinks she's dead, she's not dead. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently Vision Quest is currently in the works. Also, to wrap up the entire news story, Tales of the Jedi is currently streaming right now on Disney+. Plus. I've watched all the Count Dooku episodes. I need to watch the uh, Oscar episodes. But animation, the storytelling is so good. You need to jump onto it. And just seeing the backstory of these characters, you know, even though it's not something you always wanted to watch or like, you know, always wanted to wonder, is fantastic. And you really get the depth of Count Dooku. And it kind of actually adds more context to episode two when Count Dooku sees Obi-Wan Kenobi about Quaro Jin. So that also adds to it as well. So definitely go check that out. And also, Big Mouth Season 6 has dropped as well for you Big Mouth fans. Uh, obviously, we get 10 episodes of the children going through Pewee TV show with the Hormone Monsters. Definitely need to jump on that. I've watched two episodes and... <laughs> wow. Uh, it doesn't cease to amaze me what they get up to 
in the show. And I only have two episodes, so I'm really excited. So I can't wait to uh, see the rest of the season. So you need to jump on that as well. So let's get into our reviews. So I've been watching Ted Lasso. Now, this is an Apple TV show show. Uh, now, this was a recommendation from Mark from Mark My Words. He was the one who told me that you need to watch. He was the one who told me you need to watch uh, Invincible, which was fantastic. And I can't wait for season two. We need to get season two right now. We're going to get it yesterday. We should have got it yesterday. And he to- always, always the one that told me to go start watching The Boys, which now I am so addicted to. And I need to watch that A ASAP. And I can't believe I've missed out for so long on The Boys. So I need to jump on that. So you need to jump onto The Boys ASAP. But this particular TV show, it's... Look, I I was a little bit nervous to watch it because it didn't seem like my cup of tea, no pun intended. So obviously it's based in the UK. It's about a soccer team, which... Over in the UK, it's pronounced football, and it's about a struggling team, and Ted Lasso gets hired. He's an American football coach. He gets hired to coach this struggling team, um, which at the very – spoilers, 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 spoilers all the way through. Uh, at the very start is the fact that uh, Hannah Waddingham, who plays Rebecca, hired Ted Lasso. He's played by Jason uh, Sudeikis. Sudeikis, I don't think I've ever pronounced his name ever, uh, to actually ruin the team because she's just currently going through a divorce and she wants to do a big F you to her husband. Uh, now, that's how it starts. But this show is, I can't put enough praise. All the acting in it is fantastic. You know, the emotional drama through the whole two seasons is fantastic. This one show has won many awards. It has an 8.5 on IMDb, a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I could barely not find a fault with a TV show because it really draws you in to feel, feel for these characters and feel everything they're going through and obviously continue season two and root for them, good and bad. And obviously, it was fewer swearing. So both me and my partner Maddie, we started watching it, and I said to Mark, "Oh, look, I'll give it, I'll give it three episodes." I feel like if you're going to watch a new TV show, you need to give it a three episode basis. If you're not hooked in the very first three episodes, cut it out. Cut it out. Oh, sorry. Uh, cut it out. It's if, if you're not going to like it from that form. Um, there's no more point grinding going forward. But, you know, when we're introduced to it, we're obviously with Ted and obviously his best friend, Coach Beard, and try to coach this, sorry, football team to victory. Now, there's obviously trials and tribulations. People leave, people come back. Um, people also retire because of their age, you know, and build up these characters. And then season two, kind of flips it on its side again, you know, trying to get this team to work together, stop with all the drama, and actually get back into the Premier League because they lose, get out of there, and then get back into it. But Ted Lasso, he gets so much hate from everybody. He gets called everything under the sun. You know, they ridicule him. They get He gets pushed. But 
Ted Lasso is like Ned Flanders. He's like so happy. He puts a reference on everything. He's so optimistic. Like you, it's like almost like it's too much, but it's not when you're watching, it's not too much of what you feel for him. You feel what he's going through because you don't find out until a few episodes later that the reason why he took it was not because um, he wanted to go on this brand new adventure. He took it because he's just gone through a divorce and he wanted to give his wife space. So that's why, so that's why he's, you know, he's left his home. He's going halfway around the world to coach this team. But, you know, it's not only just the main characters that uh, you feel for. The team you feel for, everyone in the team has a, a good and bad moment, so you feel for them. Even the side characters where there's a pub right next to uh, where Ted's house is, and there's like these three blokes that uh, are diehand Richmond fans, and they're always picking his brain, giving him shit, and there's obviously the lady who runs the bar. Even those characters, you, know, you want to know what they're up to, and they add you know, liberty to the whole show. This show is well-written. You feel for the characters. There's drama. And not once did I feel like it got slow. I didn't feel like it got slow. I didn't feel like, oh, let's get to the next episode. I, f I was very intrigued each particular one. Something kind of semi-fresh happened every single episode. So it didn't feel like, oh, you know, there's a this is where it dips in the middle of the season. No, it, it when it starts off, it keeps that consistency all the way through, even to the ending. Uh, it's still the same. And same with season two. It picked up the drama, it picked up the consistency, and it kept it going. So this show is well-written, well-built, and you need to jump onto it. And I cannot wait for season three. So I can honestly say I can see why everyone recommends it. I can see why Mark told me I need to watch it. Now, it's not a normal show that I would have gone and watched. Same thing with Afterlife. Um, that's not a normal show I would have watched, but that was a recommendation from my old man. And that was, you know, I, at first I was like, I'm not going to watch this. And then there was me who got all hooked up on the all four seasons of the show, or three seasons of the show and absolutely loved it. It felt so gut wrenching at the ending. Uh, but the show is, yeah, sorry, Ted Lasso. It's, it's really good. It's something different, but you know, if, you, if you're looking for that heartfelt drama, this is really good. So I can't wait for season three. How season two ended, I was like, <gasps> both, both me and Maddie were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we can't wait for season three. Season three has been announced. No release date, but it will be for 2023. Obviously, anything right now gets announced for 2023. I think with, I think with Guns of Galaxy special coming out, I think that's the last major thing I can think of where we – needed a date that we knew was coming this side of the Christmas. Everything else is next year now. Everything. Everything. We're at that stage, ladies and gentlemen. We're in the end game now for 2022. Yet. But, uh, yeah. So, guys, you need to jump onto it. You need to jump onto this show. And please, for anyone who has watched it, what do you think? Good? Bad? Like, do you like it? Were you bored of it? You know, what was... You know, did you find didn't connect with the characters? Did you find Ted Lasso annoying? That's that's my thing. Did you find Ted Lasso annoying? Uh, if, as I said, like he's always at that bridge where he's not. He's on the verge, of, like Ned Flanders, but at the same time, he's not that. Quite, and you do feel him when he goes through mental health. 
he the how they handle mental health because he goes through a patch they handle that very well as well as mental health for the entire team as well so they do touch on that and that has handled perfectly but that's that is my review for Ted Lasso. So you need to jump onto it, and I'll be right there when it first drops on season three. But yes, it is on Apple TV, which I had to borrow my sister's because I'm like, I don't watch Apple TV. I don't even know what's an Apple TV that I want to watch. I'm pretty sure the only two shows I ever see anyone watching on Apple TV is uh, Ted Lasso and Jason Momoa's show, which I think is called Not No. Um, I can't remember Jason and Moe's show. It's only one word show, but uh, that's coming to an end. So I don't know what else people are going to watch on Apple TV when you can just have Disney Plus and you can have Netflix and everything else, which offers a whole lot more. So let's move on to the last review. Star Wars and or Nakian, Nakian, Nakian 5. Ooh. Now, this episode, this episode got, uh, which I was very, a perfect 10 in IGN, a utterly perfect 10 in IGN. So this show, I, this episode was very, it's still bleak. You know, it's really showing how bleak this show is. You know, this starts off with seeing Andor get taken to and transported to this planet. It's a prison working planet. And I will say very, I don't, I would love to know if someone else adds this, but I got really big Blade Runner vibes. I think it was because of the music. If you've ever seen Blade Runner and that, and that futuristic music in the background, I felt that all through this episode. So just the type of thing like Blade Runner 2049, I got big vibes of that. But, you know, we see Andor, we see the fact that he's, you know, uh, he's getting taken, Cassian, obviously, he's getting taken to this planet. He finds it's a working planet. And do we, do we get a cameo that I was not expecting? Andy Circus. Andy Circus is in this, and he plays basically like the boss of the level, of the working level that, uh, that Andor was taken into. So this world they've been taken into, they're basically, it's assembly line. They're building these machines or parts but there's like multiple different tables and they all have to build this in a certain time to obviously increase productivity if they don't do it they get punished executed like they walk on the floors with uh, no shoes on because they have these devices that cripple them like a sonar kind of thing and then even when they go to bed like it's you know the floor is lava you step on the floor you're dead, like red, like red is dead at night, so no one has to get out. It is so clinical. Like, it's just showing you how oppressed and how dark the Empire is. You know, we don't really, even both in the prequels, the sequels, and the sequel trilogy, you know, we really don't get to see the full in-depth of what the Empire truly is. And Andor is showing that, and it is terrifying utterly terrifying and you could so understand why a rebellion was born out of this you know it's, it's semi-touched on obviously in the movies and everything else with major characters but this show is just showing the level of depth of you know oppression and 
how dark people working, punishment. It's just showing you how terrible things truly are, which makes you hate the Empire more. And you almost, it adds to the fact that you're so happy that when Darth Vader's defeated, when Palpatine's defeated, and you know, everyone's free until sequel trilogy. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, until then, and then we go through the whole thing again. But, you know, it's just showing how intense everything is. And Andor, you feel he's like, he feels almost like claustrophobic. He doesn't, he can't believe what he's into. And for me, the whole time, I'm like, how are you getting out of this? How did you get out of this and get into Rogue One? And I keep remembering, obviously, he gets out because there's a season two. We still have another four episodes of Andor before we wrap up. So that's another thing. So I'm like, how are you going to get out of this? But Andy Serkis appears on this. And as I said, he's very imposing. He does a great job. I was like, oh, so this is how Snoke began. (laughs) <laughs> but I guess you know you can have you can have Andy Serkis because obviously he doesn't Snoke CGI. So I was not expecting this. This is fantastic, and I love the fact that he appeared on it. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, "I know who that is. It's Alfred. Uh, it's Snoke. It's uh, Caesar. It's Gollum. I can go on. The man is the CGI king." Um, obviously that's why he directed Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, but, you know, we get to see that and you get to see Andor trying to come to grasp everything. And on the flip side, we see Mon Mothma. She's obviously trying to have host parties. She's getting nervous because she can't move money as much. Her husband's a dick. Um, you get a little bit more backstory about her and, like, how she got married at the age of 16, like, because of her culture and everything. Like, that's how long she's been married, how long she's been a senate. Made me think of the Queen, like, you know, getting the power that early age. The fact that that's uh, her history. And you feel for her as well. Like, you just, you know, she, her daughter's not a big fan of her. She's trying to help the rebellion and, and she's trying to do the right thing. And no one, no one around her can really help her. Even Luthen's kind of being a dick, which, you know, Luthen in this episode had to kind of be like, you know, shaken. Had to kind of be shaken, you know. Remember what we're doing uh, by the girl that works with me at the uh, museum place. I forgot her name. Uh, you know, it kind of has to shake and go, remember what the mission is. Remember the mission and what has to be done. And, in fact, you're not slipping. Uh, because that that whole scene interacts because uh, Blix, she tries to call him because she wants to know uh, where Andor is because Andor's mum's getting really sick. Um, and she's a rebel. So we get to see that she's most likely not going to see the end of season one. Sorry. Um, but then we also see that Blick gets caught as two, and she gets taken to the hotel, and we do see Cinta and... Cinta and... Val, that's it. Cinta and Val are on, obviously, the planet, watching Blitz and... Um, watching to see where Andor is. So really, no one... Obviously, no one knows where Andor is. Yet, everyone needs to find him, pretty much. <laughs> but no one knows where he is. And so we get, I see that. But Blix gets captured by the Empor, Empire, Empor, hmm, no, Empire, uh, because of Dedra. Now, Dedra, she is making big moves doing the connections for the rebels and all the parts they're stolen. She's getting more backing from the rest of the Empire and she's going on a deep dive investigation into the into everything. 
And then she also goes, uh, gets Cyril. Um, we also get to see him again uh, because apparently he's still filing reports for Andor. He really wants to take out. I, I, I got to say this. I, I'm so bored of Cyril. I'm so bored of his story now. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You, sh- unless you do something big, your story should have ended after episode three or four. Like I'm, like, I don't give a shit. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh, you're going to bitch and moan more about Andor and how you're a good employee and how you were like, oh, you know, for the Empire. I'm like, cool. Like you're currently right now, you're the least interesting character that I gave a sh- I give a shit about right now. Honestly, I just don't, I don't care. I honestly don't care what you're doing. Unless you do something major next four episodes, you join the rebellion, you do something right now, just bore. You are a houseplant, sir. Just, just an utterly bore right now. Because he gets interviewed by Dedra uh, about everything going on. And you find out the fact there's a whole thing about the report from episode three that he doesn't know about um, that's going on. So that's the next interesting part as well. And I still can't tell if Dedra's for the rebellion or she's for the empire because she says things. I'm like, "Mm, whose side are you actually on? Uh, That's why I find most interesting. Which obviously they caught, they catch Blicks, which she looks like she better be in a torture chamber. Not looking good for you at all. But CGI in this episode, fantastic. Drama turned up. Intensity up. Bleak, dismal. I don't know they could do that anymore. It's still there. It's still showing you how the Empire are just dicks and just, you know, what they're doing is just so wrong. But we also get to see Luthen go meet uh, Sam Guerrero, who's played by Forrest Whitaker, who played the character in Rogue One. And they have a bit of a tiff. They have a bit of tiff regarding uh, some spare parts, selling. This is the first time we see Luthen go off the plant since episode three from Coruscant. And when he tries to strike up a bargain with uh, Sam Guerrero, but it doesn't seem to go very well. And it seems to be the idea of a rebel is very broad in the galaxy at the moment. Like, there is nothing tying everyone together. He's really showing the fact that, you know, there's different patches for different rebels everywhere. You know, Luthen's trying to, you know, get everyone to work together, but it's people don't want to work together. People are still me in secrets. But he did make a very good point. Luthen did say the fact that he needs the Empire to become more nervous, tie their grip, you know, get more ruthless because it breeds rebellion. And I thought that's a really good point. You know, this leading to this getting tighter, getting worse and all of it. So that's really interesting to see. You know, this is where this is all going to be born from. But we do, uh, we obviously, we do know that uh, Forrest Wigger's character, Sangre, will appear more in the episodes. I'm, uh, I think he's, he's signed on to appear for uh, next season, season two as well. But overall, this episode does very is a very good episode. Does it get a perfect ten? Eh, I don't know if it gets a perfect ten. Solid episode, and Andor is showing that this will be such a key key Star Wars show that Star Wars fans need to watch. Like, yes, I said a couple episodes ago, 
I would like to see more lightsabers, Sith, all of them. But this is just showing you the other side of Star Wars. And it is, they are nailing this out of the park, uh, 110%. And if you haven't already, you need to jump up. I can't praise this show enough. You know, if they're doing the right job, the CGI is great. The characters are appearing. The intensity is building for the season finale. And you don't want to miss out. Obviously, there we're going to get, it's going to be a big final for season one, but obviously it's going to be bigger for season two because that's going to launch straight into uh, Rogue One where we get into that. And where does Luthen stand? How, obviously, we know we don't know if Luthen will live or die. We know that Sam Guerrero survives. We know Cassie survives. And we know um, Mon Muth, Mon Muth, Mon Muth, Muth, Muth. Yeah. <laughs> she survives as well. So everyone is expendable until Rogue One. So keep that in mind. But guys and girls, that is my review for Star Wars Andor's latest episode. So tell me in the comments, what do you think? Are you enjoying it? Are you bored? Good or bad? Tell me what you think. And tell me what you think of Ted Lasso. Did you like it? Are you enjoying it? And are you disappointed the fact that Henry Cavill is out as The Witcher and Liam Hemsworth is in, which, you know, I can't actually tell you the last thing I saw Liam Hemsworth actually do. Nope, I can't think of the last thing he's done. But are you excited about that? Are you excited about James Gunn? Like, guys, you have to be just as amped as I am. It is the best time. This is good, such good, such good news. And I am so ready for this, you know. And as I said, with DC, it looks so... that This year has been such a wild year for DC. You know, we got that primer at the very beginning saying 2022 is going to be the year of DC. And then they pushed back all their movies, uh, canceled DC fandom. The Flash is... Flash, I don't have the time to get into that because that's just an utter mess. And Isla Miller is an idiot. Um, and apparently Flash 2 is also apparently being written. So I'm sure that's going to go really well with the fans. And, you know, they all got pushed back. And then the controversy with DC... Uh, Henry Cavill and all that. That all looks so bleak. And then look where we are now. What a wild time to be a DC fan. And then being a Marvel fan, just like, mm-hmm, this is getting really good. It's, you know, it's pretty consistent. You know, this is all getting really good. But uh, but DC fans, like, in a sweat. Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? We don't know what's, what's going to happen. DC doesn't know what's going to happen yet, next. But, guys, please tell me what your thoughts are. Strike up a conversation. You know, I'll always be up for it. And I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in with this episode. And until next time, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Lights, Camera, Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting. Happy ranting.